0: This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 19. Last week, we discussed what it means to bring health back into our everyday life, to bring wellness into the different aspects of our life. And I hope you had a chance to explore what could be a keystone habit for you, a small habit that could make a huge return to your productivity and to your overall wellness. Now this week, I'd like to continue that conversation on bringing health and wellness into your life. And one of the key things to being well is to experience joy and peace. Now, I want to share a thought philosophy that has really changed the way I experience life and the way I experience joy. I'm sure most of you have read or heard uh, of Marie Kondo and her book on what sparks joy. And as I was going through it, one of the things that struck me was she talks about what sparks joy in terms of material things, decluttering and being really intentional. On what you keep in your life and if it truly sparks joy for you. And if it doesn't, then it's it's time to remove it from your life. So I started applying this to the non-material things in my life. And I had a really full ca- calendar when I started. I had a lot of projects going on. I was teaching as well as working, doing surgery. And I was also homeschooling, busy life with three kids in the middle of a pandemic where they're really home pretty much full time. So there was a lot on going on in my life, and I also wanted to do things that brought joy in my joy to me personally, separate from work and family, which was really looking at some of my personal projects, etc. So I really came to the point where I felt like there was just too many things that I was committed to, and as I've discussed before, we all have the same amount of time. So we have 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, and just because I'm passionate about multiple projects doesn't mean that I'm going to somehow miraculously create time, which that would be cool, but obviously not going to happen. So I had to really think about how am I going to take things off of my plate? And what's interesting is the technique that had worked for me before, which was, okay, if it's something that aligned with my values and my goals, and if it's something that I really cared about and I'm passionate about, then I should do it. That's typically what I used in the past to decide if I was going to do something or not. But even with that metric, I unfortunately just had too many things that I was excited about. And that was not going to weed it out for me. So what I did was I explored what specifically that project meant to me. So even though it was in alignment with my goals and my vision for my future and my life, I looked and explored what the project meant and what the effort would involve, like what I would need to do, and really got into some of the nitty gritties of this is how many hours it would take, this is the work it would involve. And I compared the projects to determine, first of all, how many hours each. If these projects would take. And I also explored, do I need to do this right now? Is this something that could wait six months or a year? Could I put it on my someday, maybe later list? And some of them, I was able to move it that way. It was something I could do later. I did not need to do everything right now. And then with the others, there were still a few that were there and I really only had the time for one. What I did was I just explored which of these really sparks joy and excitement in me right now. What does it look like? when I imagine for this particular project to be completed, what difference would it make, not just for me, but for others in my life? What would it mean for my children or my students or for anyone that I was hoping to bring this information to, right? And as I explored it, what I realized is that the sparking joy and the excitement is a key thing to help us figure out what really matters for us. And it doesn't mean that the others weren't important or I wasn't gonna ever do them, but it just meant right now, project A was really what connected to my current energy and current excitement. And this is what's going to make the biggest difference for me and for others right now. So I want to just encourage you to think about it. I hear the word overwhelm a lot. I hear it's just too much. I hear from individuals, I have all of these things that I want to do, but I'm just not able to finish my to-do list and having this to-do list that kind of runs our life. But what if we just took a step back and said, we really, we cannot do everything. it's actually wonderful to acknowledge I can't do everything and that's okay there's nothing wrong nothing has gone wrong just because I can't create time what it means that I need to learn and I need to explore what is important and what sparks joy and excitement from you right now and then do that that's it and when we take all of those other things that were cluttering up our mind that was cluttering up our energy and we just focus on one single thing I can promise you the level of productivity you will achieve is going to be mind-blowing. When I gave myself permission to say no to some of those other things that I loved, but I just did not have time for right now, what I noticed is that the one thing that I focused on, it blossomed. It became bigger than what I even imagined. And then it allowed me to just build that and grow that. And there's going to be a time, and I know that in a little bit, that this is going to be something that I will close and I will move on to the next thing. And that is the course of my life. And that is how my brain explores my creativity. So being able to give your brain space to say no to things that are not important to you right now, to connect to the things that spark joy and excitement for you right now. And in all of this, what you're doing is giving your brain permission to live in the moment right now and removing the things, the thoughts, the clutter, the things that that are really just clouding our vision and just allowing ourselves to have this simple, easy, navigatable journey that allows us to enjoy where we are, to build something meaningful. If you were to explore what sparks joy for you, what sparks excitement and curiosity and magic in your life right now, if you were living in this moment right now, what would that look like? And what would you want to build? So I'm really excited to hear what all of you will come up with. And I'm excited to discuss this with my special guest as we explore what it means to live our authentic life. Life, as we explore what it means to find joy and live in the moment. As we continue this journey of self-discovery and building tools to live our best life, I hope you'll tune in for future episodes and I look so forward to connecting with each and every one of you. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Dina George. Dr. George is passionate about serving physicians and uses a combination of mindset, strategy, and messaging to help physicians build or grow a successful business. She's a certified story brand marketing guide, business, and life coach. She has lived abroad with lots of varied experiences, including working with AmeriCorp and serving as a family physician in the U.S. Army. Hi, welcome to the podcast, Dina.
1: I am so glad to be here, Serene.
0: I'm so excited to have you, and I can't wait to have you share a little bit about your journey, and there's so many things that you've done, and I would love to hear a little bit more on how you found your way through your journey.
1: I think my journey is like a lot of us, a lot of us who are high achievers and want to experience a whole bunch in life. We start in one place and we're like, Oh, I wonder what that would be like. I wonder what that would be like. And that's how it went. I wonder what it would be like to study abroad. So I went to Sweden. I wonder what it would be like to go to Russia. So I did. I wonder what it would be like to be a doctor and spent some years, get through the acceptance progress program. And then just since then i always following that cue of curiosity, which is, I wonder what it would be like. A few years ago, I really got to this place of being stuck. And again, I think that's like a lot of people. Mm-hmm is this all there is like really this is and wanted more wanted more out of myself wanted more out of my career and that's when i pivoted still practicing medicine some but pivoted into really focusing on mindset optimizing my mindset and then the ability to share it and the ability to help amplify voices of physicians who are doing great things which means helping others answer that calling or answer that thing inside that says is there something more that same question that i tried and worked to answer a few years ago
0: I love that. And what a beautiful way to explore for ourselves. What else could there be? What you said definitely resonated with me as well. A few years ago, I really came to this point where I felt like I was doing everything that I ever dreamt of. I was a mom, I was working as a surgeon, it was my dream job, everything was fine. And I still had this feeling of there's something wrong. That's what it felt like. It felt like there's a thorn under my skin or I I just didn't fit in even in my own life. And even the things that used to bring me joy Before, like spending time with my kids, I found frustrations in my sort of previously joyful experiences, and I felt stuck. I wish that I had known to ask myself that question: What else could there be? And what if I tried this? I I didn't actually know what to do or where to go, so I really indulged in that space of being stuck or feeling overwhelmed for some time. I'm incredibly grateful that I just found the during my journey. I just found people who ask those questions: Why do you not have that joy? What would bring you? What would joy for you right now. What would it mean? If Is it that you're working too many hours or not enough hours? Is it that you're not spending time? So just really exploring where that thorn was stuck under my skin, just trying to explore, why do I feel that way? That definitely resonated. And I'm sure so many of our listeners too, right? Feel that is what's next. Because a lot of times we're in our training, we're in, we're working, oh, first five years of our career, et cetera. And at some point there's, you take a deep breath and you look around and you don't even know where you are.
1: Yeah. It's like you feel- finish the end of the game and you say, that's it, the game's over. Yeah. And I, I think for a lot of us who are, are really invested in learning and growing, when that stops, there's just this sense of what's going on. How come, what, I want to change still. I want to learn still. I want to grow still. And it's creating that environment that we can. Because going, like in my mind, doing the same thing for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years was like, thank you. <laughs> this is great. I love to serve. I love to take care of people. But I there's got to be movement and flow and growth and learning.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've been thinking about, and I would love to get your perspective is a lot of times when you get to that space where you feel stuck, what happens is you think, well, this is all I can do. This is how my boss likes it. This is is what has to happen for the kids. Because if they don't go to this school or they don't do like this instrument, they're never going to do anything in life. And you feel like almost like a victim. You feel like you don't have choices and you're stuck living the story that's been written for us. And it took a while for me to realize actually, I write my own story and I get to find my own voice. And if I don't like something, it's just a chapter and I can write a new chapter and I can change. So I think that space is really incredible. And I know that this is one of your areas of expertise. I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. And for anyone who is listening, who might be feeling stuck or they don't know how to own that, what would be a place to get?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I think about when you say that is I think about all the rules that I'm Mm -hmm. up with. So I grew up, I was born, born in the 70s. So I came of age in the 80s. And there were rules about what you could be what you had to be. There were gender related rules. There were economic status related rules. And I believed them. Like I bought into all those rules. There's safety when you're when you have a job with benefits. That was mm-hmm. a rule. It turned out it's not necessarily true. That's what I experienced. But it, there's just the accumulation of rules that that either I heard or that I adopted or I thought might be right. And then we reached the point where, wait a second, those rules don't don't fit or I don't fit in those rules and it's just not working. And I really appreciate what you said about writing our own story. We really are. Like it it feels like we're on a course and maybe we're on autopilot and we have to keep doing those things the way that we're doing them. Most of that isn't true. And what it takes is the idea that I can be the author of my own story. You can Mm -hmm. be the author of your own story. And that means we can decide something very simple like where we live. We can decide where we work. And we can, and just introducing the idea that when we wake up in the morning, every single thing that we do is a choice. So I walk into the bathroom to brush my teeth. I am choosing to brush my teeth. I am choosing the routine. I am choosing what I consume during the day, what I consume and listen to, Mm -hmm. what I consume and I watch, what I consume and I read, what I consume for food or what I consume to drink. Like looking at every single thing that we do as a choice, rather than we're doing just what we're doing, because that's what we do. And that starts to bring the awareness that we really are writing the story, that we don't have to be on autopilot, and that anything that we are participating in, we are choosing to do it, I choose to drive my son to school, or I choose not to, I choose to participate in these organizations, or I choose not to, to get a sense of how I'm spending my time, how I'm spending my energy, how I'm spending money, how it's coming back to me as well, and then getting more clear about do I want to keep doing it? Because I've done things the same way over and over doesn't mean I have to continue. I can let myself off of that hook with the idea of what else is there because I truly believe that we're called, that we're here to be our highest self and that highest self is the one that experiences love, giving and receiving, that one who who creates experiences for others that taps into that place of fulfillment and more than enough and plenty to share and helps others like really called into service and to do that we have to get out of our own way we have to get out of the routines that keep us the same and we have to enter that section of what is it that I'm choosing and is this what I want to continue to choose for the next year five years ten years or is it time to make some different choices
0: I love it yeah oh my goodness I love it so much and it's so true actually one of the things I was thinking about when you said rules is we too I I too I think we're of the same era there were a lot of rules growing up for me I grew up in Southeast Asia and the Asian culture culture, there's a lot of rule, additional rules, especially for women. And I'm um, the oldest. So there were another set of rules for being the oldest and what it means in the family and all of that. And for the longest time, I just felt, okay, like there were all these rules that you follow. And I think that was part of that feeling of being stuck when I came to it is I realized, okay, I have followed all these rules. I'm here. Now what do I do? Like, where's the, the rest of the roadmap? What's the rules for when you're in your 30s or 40s, etc. So I think that adulting, there's you do have to really explore what that means and I think about all of those who have come before us who have broken the rules think about how many things in science we wouldn't even know now if someone hadn't said oh what if the earth isn't the center of our solar system why do things fall down when you throw up or all of these questions like why does this happen and instead of saying this is what is in the textbook or my teacher told me etc saying what if that wasn't true what if that is not true. And I think that science and knowledge and learning really comes from that space of curiosity and exploration. And I love to think I'm a little bit of a science nerd. And I love to apply all of that even to my own life. So when I do things before, I used to be very much affected by making mistakes, like I didn't want to make a mistake. And especially as you can imagine in surgery, there's really not any margin for error. And so we are taught that even like even small things, like everything had to be perfect. And and when you're trained that from morning to night, and that's what you do, that's what you do, you obsess over all of these details, then it spreads into every part of your life. I used to feel like, okay, the kids had to be this way. And they couldn't, they're too loud. They're too, they're not talking enough. They're not doing their math. All of these things that I felt like it had to be just the, if the expectation was there was like A, B and C from the teacher, my kids did A, B and C. Like that's how it worked in my house. So everything had to be exactly the way it is and I realized that what what if it's not what if a mistake or what we call a mistake or a failure is just data point right in science we don't say oh this experiment didn't work it's a failure we just say oh okay this paper this like 20 years of research what it shows is that this theory is not correct and we learned something whether the experiment gave us the proved the hypothesis or not we still learned something about it and so I've been doing that in my life for the last few years really. So everything that I did, if I did something and it worked great, the hypothesis is proven, like I can do it this way and it's going to work. And if it didn't work, if it's something that I would have previously called a failure or a mistake, or I can't believe I did this and all of these sort of a space of self-criticism, really the first thing for me is it's just another data point. What did I learn? Even when that happens, I learned that that's not the way to make a caramel cake or I love to bake. So I do experiment a lot in the kitchen too. And I think there are some dishes that I make that nobody wants to eat it (laughs) It, it, so I think okay next time I'm going to use less salt you know less of these spices I mean I learned something with each of these experiments and then my whole self-worth my whole identity is not tied up with what I do what I do is just part of my story, part of my exploration. And and it has given me so much freedom to try some things. I've done things that I never thought I I would ever be able to try or it's on my bucket list and I try it. And it's always something that I all like it's one of those, oh, I always wanted to do it. And I did, I'm like, I did not enjoy that. And that's okay. You figure it out, right? And then you move on. But what if I never did it? Then I would be when I'm 80 thinking, oh, I wish I'd gone paragliding or I always wanted to uh, bake for a bakery. I did that. And I realized I do love to bake, but I don't really want to bake commercially. So there's so many things that we get to try. And I think just being curious and willing to question the rules and say, why does it have to be that way? How else could it be? And knowing that we get to make those choices, I think is really, it's fun.
1: And what you're talking about is setting up a new framework in your mind Mm -hmm. because the old framework says you have to know that you want to do it for sure. It has to be successful and not just successful, but it's got to be perfect Mm -hmm. and it has to matter. And there's all these things that are set in place and that destroys Mm -hmm. creativity. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You cannot control all of that. What you can control is the amount of energy that you put into something, but what the final product is. We don't know yet. It's mm-hmm. not yet created. And I really, I, I feel for surgeons because there is so much pressure that, that whatever you're going into, you are going to fix a hundred percent. And, and there's not going to be like the perf- the patient is going to walk out. They're going to be perfectly fine, but you can't control that. And I really feel for all of that pressure that is put on surgeons. You can control your time your energy, your focus, and do the best you can. But you can't control what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really rough.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I used to feel, so I, I do general surgery and trauma as well. And th- we have no control. We have no control what comes through the door. And sometimes, sometimes there's just underlying things going on with the patient that I mean, we can't fix. I I have come a long way in taking everything personally. And if someone had a bad outcome or had a difficult outcome, feeling like, oh my goodness, I've failed. Like, how could I not change all that? And really just thinking about the things that I can control. I can do my very best. I can be present. I can take care of them. And I, I tell my patients this. I take care of you like I would take care of my family. It's a, more than 100%. But there are things that I cannot control. And sometimes organs get affected. Sometimes their diabetes or all of their underlying problems lead to complications that I don't have any control over. And I am totally upfront about what I can do and what I cannot do. And I tell them, this is what I can do. But I think that having those types of expectations Because before I used to just keep those expectations to myself and say, I'm going to do everything. That's it. Like, it's going to be perfect. And now what I do is I have a conversation with them as a human to human and say, this is what's going on. And um, this is what I can do. And I'm going to be with you the whole time. We're going to try to take care of this. And these are the potential things that can happen. And really, honestly, what I've found is that's all they want. They want someone to talk to them, to tell them what to expect, because they're scared. And it's someone who's going to stand by them. That's really it. And I realized that all of those years where I was just like berating myself for the things that I had no control over, no, no one else expected me to control that. I was the person who was expecting that. And So when I shifted that into a conversation and a human interaction, and of course, doing my best and all of those things that we do, but really taking that pressure of unrealistic expectation that I'm going to fix everything for that someone walks in through the door, it's just not possible. So that has been... So humbling for me to be in this space because when I was doing surgery full-time, I was drowning under myself expectations And now I do it part-time and I just feel like it's the most joyful experience. And it's really, I'm so grateful to be able to do what I do in a way that I would never have been able to connect to before. Yeah.
1: And I think what you're describing, I think a lot of physicians have to come to terms with at some point to be able to stay in this profession, Mm -hmm. because it, as you said, this is, these are unrealistic expectations. We are human, not mind readers (laughs) and not fortune tellers. We don't have Mm -hmm. a crystal ball to know what's in the future. Mm -hmm. We have some prediction capability, some, but that doesn't fit everyone. in looking at a framework, like how do you develop more of a a sense of autonomy of more of a sense of curiosity? It's developing a new framework that says, I can't fail.
0: I'm Mm -hmm. gonna try,
1: see what happens. I'm gonna try without expectation. I'm going to commit to just taking one step, not the whole journey. I'm just gonna commit (laughs) to taking one step and see how it goes. And the other piece that's really important is community that's doing hard things. If you want to grow your life or if you really want to take control of your life, a community that's doing hard things and that knows the challenges along the way, the challenges of saying no, when you used to say yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the feedback that comes when you say no, right? Do you want to go do this? No, I'm sorry. Thank you. What? We always do that. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So to get out of the old habits or patterns and into the new ones where there is a sense of vibrancy about the joy of being alive, Mm -hmm. the joy of being human, the joy of growing your life, the joy of doing things you had no idea that you could.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you said about you just not having to know everything. First of all, there's no way for us to know everything, but what if you did, what if you didn't have to know everything? I think especially physicians, because we've had to plan our whole life out. You had to, you, this is what you have to do in middle school to get into medical school. This is what you have to do in high school and college and, and like then going into residency and going into practice and all of that. We've had to plan it out and we've had to know a lot of things ahead of time so we can prepare for it. And so. So we think that the rest of life is going to be that way. And it it honestly doesn't work that way. And, And that can also lead to a lot of that, you know, what do I do next? I don't know what to do, or I'm confused, or I'm not sure what the next step is going to be. What if you didn't have to know all of that? What if you only had to know what is your next one step? And you take that and then the road opens up a little bit more and you get to see, oh yeah, now I see, maybe I do want to go around the right instead of the left or whatever it may be. But I think that for me, especially just letting go of that planning and saying, okay, I have no idea what's going to happen in a year. Like right now, I think I'll do this. I'll just see what happens. And so much has changed just being in exploring that and enjoying myself in that moment, learning or doing or whatever it is and saying, I'll see when I'm done with this. I'll see what's the next step. And, And I think especially with the pandemic, we've all had to pivot and adjust our expectations so much. So it's it's definitely been something that I've learned even more in this last year just to let go of this long-term planning and just say, okay, tomorrow or today, I'm just going to do this. That's it.
1: So there are a couple of roadblocks that I see with high achievers who, mm-hmm. who want something more in their life. The first one is there. somehow we've made a connection between if we say it, we're now committed to do it. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. So if we tell somebody... I'm thinking about running a marathon. All of a sudden we have made a commitment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just not true. Like we can throw out ideas without committing to them just to get a sense of, does it sound fun? Is there some value? Is it an experience I want to have? The other stumbling block is that for us to believe that it's possible, we have to know how to do it already. So it becomes this huge stumbling block and easier to stay the same, keep doing the same thing, writing the same Mm -hmm. story over and over if we don't know how. And my response is always, you can't possibly know how to do something until you've done it. And then you'll know exactly how you did it. So we could tell the story of how you exactly became a trauma surgeon, right? Because we know that story, Mm -hmm. but you who's building a a separate business or building a separate life, we don't Mm -hmm. quite know that story yet. You're writing it right now Mm -hmm. and you're writing it with all the ups and downs and experiences and the learning. And when Mm -hmm. you're there, you'll know exactly how you did it. So you never have to know how. And if you say it out loud, you're not making a commitment. And that opens up a whole lot of space to really explore what you do want.
0: Yeah. And so true. One of the biggest things when I decided, I found so much support and growth and personal transformation through coaching, which is really what led me to say, you know what, this is something that I would love to share with others. So as I was exploring that, the first 20 thoughts that I had was, oh, but I'm not good at business. I'm not good at technology. I, I want not know what to do. Like, how? It's so different from surgery. What if I just fail at this? And all of these thoughts that Our brain shows us right to say, this is very different from anything that I've ever done. So my brain is throwing up all of these roadblocks to to say, maybe this is not really what you want to do.
1: We come up with the rules, right? Mm -hmm. For Somebody to be in business, they had to have had a family who was in business, Mm -hmm. or they have to have a degree in business, or they were born with the genetics to have a business. Like we have these rules on what it's like, and we don't fit those rules.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, so true. And the other part of it was even for the podcast for a year and a half, I was thinking, okay, I would love to share, share and connect and build a community that would support people through burnout and really just invite others to share their stories and share tools so we can all learn from each other and empower each other. So I'm thinking this and, and all of the same thing, oh, I can't do technology and this and that. So I had all of these thoughts that things were going to go wrong. Guess what? I started and the first episode, it was so funny. My mic broke down, my computer broke down. It was a new computer that I had just bought and the program wouldn't run. So all of my, what I would call my deep fears were coming true and And I still did it anyway. (laughs) Like it was fine. I realized after I did it, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not going to be something that a podcast expert might do, but I just learn. I'll learn as I go. And even if my mic doesn't work, even if my computer doesn't work, like None of those things matter. I can still put out an episode and by making those mistakes and by running into those roadblocks and overcoming them or or finding alternate solutions for them is really what I ended up doing because I'd committed to a date to launch it. So I'm like, I'm doing it no matter what. And by doing that, what I realized is that, wow, all of these things that I told myself I can't do because of X, Y, and Z, what if that's also like this? What if I just did it anyway? And, and I'll figure it out. And maybe it's not really going to be how I thought it was going to be, but what if I just did it anyway? And it's still okay. So it was mind blowing, really.
1: I was listening to a webinar that was, it was presented by a physician. And one of the slides said, your brain is lying to you. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yeah. Those are just, they're just lies. Yeah. So true. True. You're a trauma surgeon. You can do whatever you want. So what <sighs> ends up with you can't do that? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can get in the tiniest spaces and repair things that are broken. You can do anything you want.
0: Yeah, I would say at least five years ago, I was a disaster in the kitchen, honestly. And now we'll go to a restaurant. They're like, oh, you cook better than this. But it was something that I said, I I love to cook. I've never learned how to cook. And so I'm not good at it, but I'm going to figure it out. Some people don't like to cook. I'm not saying everyone has to learn how to cook. But if there's something that you want to do, then Just because you're not good at it right now is no reason not to try. Because the more you do something, the more you get better at it. And our brain literally loves to throw all of these thoughts up front and say, oh, you can't do this, or this is too hard. But what if you did it anyway? And I think that's a very helpful perspective to to think about it.
1: For sure. And as we talk about this story analogy, it's just time to end that old story Mm -hmm. end that chapter. And say, no more will I tell myself I can't. Mm -hmm. No more am I going to tolerate that. And open the new chapter and say, today I will. Mm -hmm. Today I'm going to. Today I want to. To really just build up that courage and that momentum to take a step forward. Again, actively writing the story. Because that's where fulfillment comes from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from doing the same thing day in and day out and being bored. It comes from really embracing the vibrancy inside. What can you experience? What can you give? What can you share? Who can you love?
0: Oh, I love that. And as we write our story, really connecting to what is your future self like? What is it that you want? Maybe it's something that you've never even imagined before because you thought that's never going to happen. But what if there were no limits and you could really imagine whatever you wanted it to be and write down everything about that future self and that future life? And start showing up today as your future self. Like what would that person do? What are the choices that they would make? What are the things they would try? And that's an, an amazing way to really create some of those changes and build momentum in your life to do something that maybe you haven't still imagined yet.
1: So what's on your list? Oh,
0: so many things, actually. I'm really just enjoying where I am right now. I've been homeschooling uh, my children this year, and we experimented a lot with it. And and I think all of us have learned a lot. So that's been fun. But they are going back to school next year. We all collectively, they actually said no, they would like to continue. I'm like, oh, I enjoyed that. But I think that it's time for a transition. And I think in the next year, one of the things that I would love to build is really continuing to build that community of both empowering myself and others in finding our voice and doing what we find joy in. And if I think if each of us just showed up as ourselves and doing what we love to do and living in that space of self-compassion and love and joy, I just think that's such an amazing energy. And so I want to do more of that. And and I don't know yet how I'm going to create a lot, but I've been working on creating some digital courses I love to teach. It was just a natural segue to going into that. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to explore that part of my brain that I don't think I've had a chance to do too much of. So what about you? What do you want to create
1: so, I want to write six and seven figure donation checks. And here's why. My two grandmas and my husband's grandparents ha- were so instrumental in our lives. And they had blue collar jobs. Like, my grandma worked at a thrift store. My other one worked at a dry cleaner. Like, she did the pressing in the dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. And they would save money in the form of what are they? Savings bonds to help fund my education. And I think it would be so cool to write a six or seven figure donation check in their name. Probably more money than they earned in their lifetime, but in their name, in their memory, because of what they invested in me, mm-hmm. so then I start thinking, okay, to take that step, what do I need to do now and and starting as you said, starting to put those things in place,
0: mm-hmm. probably need
1: a financial planner, okay, <laughs> probably need to look at multiple streams of income, okay, mm-hmm. you know so getting that in place so that that dream doesn 't stay a dream, it actually becomes mm-hmm. a reality. And I become transformed in the process to figure out how to do it.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. How amazing. And I wish you the best in the journey. You're building a legacy because imagine all the amazing things that money is going to do. I'm really excited to to see that journey and and see who who we all become in that journey to being our future self. We talked about future self. (laughs) Now, if we were to talk about our past self, and if you could go back in time and talk to your past self, is there anything you would tell her? What would you say?
1: Yeah, I would tell her I love her. I love her so much, her tenacity and her grit mm-hmm. to do everything she's done. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her that what she's doing, even though it feels awkward and clunky and uncomfortable, is going to bring her so much joy in the future because it totally has. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it at the time. I just took a chance and moved forward and swam through the discomfort. But I get to reap all the benefits of what I've done now. And I get to share it, which is even the better part.
0: hmm. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. So, if our listeners wanted to get to know you more and learn about your programs and where they would find your information, what would be how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. So, I hope to be a guest on one of the future programs that you offer because it was so much fun. I think it was in February. Yes. That was so much fun and it was so rewarding at the end of the program to hear the feedback from the participants Mm -hmm. that they truly felt a transformation that day. Mm -hmm. So hopefully there also (laughs) Mm georgemdcoaching.com and then my name on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, which is Dina George MD.
0: Okay, perfect. Now I will um, include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all of the time that you've spent and the wisdom that you've shared. And I've really enjoyed connecting with you again. It's always a joy to chat. I really enjoyed spending time just talking about our authentic voice and and writing our story and connecting to our future self. So thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Serene.
0: For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story, share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at serenitywellnessmd on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.